And I'm honored to have been titled a youth ambassador with the National Spine Health Foundation. I think you guys are doing amazing work. And just going to your gala and seeing the videos of the patients and about the run you guys did is really inspiring. And I think you guys are doing amazing work, especially because it's not about scoliosis. There's a lot of other things you guys are working with. So it's great to have this connection with you guys and have your support. And I want to continue working with you, obviously, and learn more about other ways I can help with advocacy. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Rita Roy, CEO at the National Spine Health Foundation. And I'm your host for the Get Back to It podcast where we tell real stories of healing and recovery. What does it mean to get back to it? It means overcoming injury through treatments that work in order to return to the people and activities you love, whatever that looks like for you. It means getting back to your life. We're here to share the success stories of those who did just that. And some of these stories you are not going to believe. You may know that at the National Spine Health Foundation, Part of our mission is to improve spinal health care through patient advocacy. Today, you will hear spinal champion Sydney's story of seeking treatment for scoliosis and advocating for others with scoliosis through her gifts in storytelling. Our team at the National Spine Health Foundation has actually met Sydney before, as we had the privilege of honoring her as the Young Spinal Champion of the Year at our We've Got Your Back Gala in 2018. We knew her story was one that needed to be told on our podcast. Unlike most of the stories we've told so far on the podcast, Sydney's journey didn't begin with symptoms or pain, but after examination by her pediatrician. Now that you know what to expect, let's get back to it and dive right into Sydney's story. Sydney was at a regular annual checkup appointment with her pediatrician. As a part of the normal physical tests pediatricians go through, Sydney's pediatrician noticed some rotation in her spine. This led her to encourage Sydney to get an x-ray and see a physician at her local children's hospital. My doctor asked me to hunch over as every pediatrician does, whether you realize its purpose or not. I'd never felt any physical symptoms before I sent for the x-ray, but I was ultimately diagnosed with scoliosis at the local children's hospital. I then made the decision to visit a medical center in the area that specializes in treating scoliosis. Sydney considered the decision to visit the scoliosis practice one of the best decisions she's ever made. She had the opportunity to be treated by one of the top orthotists and scoliosis experts. My doctor designed the latest and most revolutionary scoliosis back brace and I cannot be more grateful for his service. I went on to wear a back brace for 21 hours a day for the next two years. After that, I transitioned to wearing it only at night for three more years once the curvature slightly decreased. Over the course of my lengthy journey, I got my x-rays and got fitted for a second brace as I grew. Through discipline and wearing her brace as instructed by her physician, Sydney was able to prevent having to undergo spinal surgery and decrease the degrees of her three curvatures. Wearing my back brace completely changed my life for the better, not just by supporting my scoliosis, but I learned so much about myself. While scoliosis is not necessarily something that you can completely treat and correct, I am proud of the journey that I went through and I'm aware that my spine will never be perfectly straight. Finally, Sydney is open about what her walk with scoliosis now looks like and offers advice that she'd give to others considering seeking treatment. Today, I still feel upper and lower back pain, but continue to work on my posture to support my spine even if it ends up simply being tightness or muscles. If I never gotten the x-ray as instructed by my pediatrician, then I never would have gotten my back brace and may have needed special spine surgery, which comes with risks. Sydney, what an amazing story. Gosh, you were so dedicated to your treatment and it worked. That's It's amazing. It's hard to believe it's been nearly two years since we had the honor of naming you Young Spinal Champion of the Year. 
It's so exciting to have you on today, sharing your story with our audience, not only your advocacy work, but also your journey to discovering your condition. In hearing you share your experience wearing a back brace for two years and then three more, I can't help but wonder what that was like for you as a young girl. Did it ever feel hard to be working towards treatment in this way? Given your age, you were a young teenager and the amount of time that you had to commit to doing it. What was that like? Yeah, it was definitely difficult, especially because during the prime of the treatment, I was in middle school and I had to wear this brace to school under all my clothes. I had to find the right clothes to wear over my brace. I even remember on the first day of seventh grade and I hugged one of my friends and she was like, oh my gosh, what is under your shirt? And it was really difficult because I was known throughout the grade in the school as this girl that had to wear this plastic device. But at the same time, I gained so much strength and confidence through this process. And I think something that really helped is that there was an end goal. Like I was trying to reach not a perfect spine, obviously, but I didn't want to have surgery. So in my mind, I had to be the most disciplined patient as possible and wear it as much as I could. Because each appointment that I was going to with my orthotist, I would have an x-ray and it would almost be like an update or like a game where you'd be like, okay, let's see how your curvatures are doing. And it was a really nerve wracking process, but I, I really was strong through the entire entire journey. That's amazing. How often did you have to go see your orthotist? Was it like once a month or every couple of months? I went every couple of months, but I definitely checked in with him regularly. And I talked to my pediatrician as well, just to keep in touch with my body. Mm -hmm. Sydney, during that time, were there special exercises that you were doing or how did it affect your activity also? Were there things that you found that you couldn't do or you had to change different activities that you did? What was that picture like for you? Yeah. So at first I never really did any specific activities. My orthodist does work with a really amazing physical therapist who does Schroth therapy at his office. And I've never actually gone to it. He's really helped me focus on my posture, as we mentioned before, and really thinking about when I'm sitting, about sitting into my curve and thinking about sitting straight instead. But in terms of activities, so I actually did ballet in my entire life. And I was super dedicated to it. And that was my whole life, basically. And there wasn't any correlation with scoliosis and ballet. But coincidentally, around the time that I was diagnosed, I quit ballet because it was really intense. So I think ballet actually had a major role in terms of posture and really focusing on strengthening my body like through my mind and like thinking about how to sit up straight and walk. But in terms of activity, you know, there were no restrictions. I was lucky enough to have curvatures that weren't too extreme. So I was able to do basically any activity. Obviously wearing the brace, it's hard to do certain activities because you're basically a robot from your chin down to your waist. But I was able to take it off. One thing that's really interesting is since I was so disciplined and my curvatures decrease, which is not normal for everyone, I was able to be quote unquote rewarded with like banking my hours of wearing a brace. Mm -hmm. So I would go to sleepaway camp and obviously I would want to run around and like do activities all day. So I was able to kind of bank my hours for certain times, which is really great. That's amazing. That's awesome that you were able to go to your camp and do what you wanted to do and that you had supportive doctors around you who wanted you to be able to do that, to do what you want to do. I don't know how normal that is or how unusual that is, but it strikes me that, you know, this idea of banking your hours of being really committed to the treatment with the brace enabled you to have some freedom from it, you know, as, as you went along. That's, that's really, that's so remarkable, Sydney. I mean, we talk about it like 
yeah, I was really dedicated to my brace and I wore it every day. That's a big deal. It was hard. It was definitely harder than people think. Yeah. And I can imagine in the summertime, you know, you've got an extra layer that you're wearing. And so that presents other challenges with that. That's, um, that's really incredible. You talked about doing ballet and having awareness of your posture and then going into scoliosis treatment, really being aware of, as you said, sitting into your curve. Sydney, do you think that most kids don't really think about their their backs or their spine or their posture? I really don't. Yeah. Um, even just starting from the moment I was diagnosed and being at the pediatrician, having to hump over my spine, I never knew what that was for. Like I really didn't, which is one of the main missions of Spines, the book that I released and I'm raising money with. Because I think if people knew that and patients knew that and parents knew, they would be a lot more aware. I don't think they are aware. I think especially in a lot of sports, kids that are super athletic, it's really hard to be aware. I think a lot of other injuries and body parts seem more important. But I think the spine, it's your whole entire support system. And I think if that's curved, your whole body can be off. So Mm -hmm. I think awareness about scoliosis is really important, especially because something that is interesting is it's more common in young girls than boys. Mm -hmm. It's actually one in four girls. So whether your curvature is really severe or not, it could be one curve that's 10 degrees or two curves that are above 25 degrees and need treatment. So I do think awareness is really important. Yeah. Sydney, when you first got to know your spine, how did you feel in terms of looking at your bones? Was it scary to think about your skeleton or was it intimidating or how did that feel? I wouldn't necessarily say it was scary or intimidating. I think the part that was the most nerve wracking and the most kind of frustrating was seeing the x-rays all the time, Mm -hmm. just to like see physical, almost disability in my body was really frustrating. And it was especially frustrating because I never really felt any pain. And if I ever did feel pain, it was through the back race because Mm -hmm. my body is not used to being in like a plastic corset all the time. Right. So it's frustrating and not feel any pain the treatment is the most painful out of anything, even though it wasn't super painful. And then, you know, you're not going to reach perfect symmetry. So it's almost, I see why there are kids that don't necessarily wear their brace and then end up having to get surgery because they don't see any immediate results. Yeah. Um, and it's slow. really hard to be disciplined. It's a slow, um, slow progress over time. Right as you're growing and you know that just takes time so it's Definitely. not not an immediate uh response which is i could see is very frustrating for some people you were talking about the awareness of your spine and awareness of posture i mean i think a lot of kids you know say my mom's always yelling at me to stand up straight you know what does that mean and why 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 does that matter why does your posture matter and at the National Spine Health Foundation, we talk a lot about the fact that posture matters, that, you know, that using your muscles in your chest and in your cores to keep your spine strong and straight is really important to your overall wellness. And Sydney, you've done an amazing thing in creating your book, Spines, beautiful sort of coffee table book. It's beautiful to look at. And and it's it's your way of bringing your advocacy to the scoliosis world. Tell me about tell me about your book and 
how you got inspired to do it and what you hope to achieve with your book. Yeah, for sure. So my book that I created, Spines, The Art of Scoliosis, has been a huge project in my life that means so much to me. So basically, right after I quote unquote graduated from wearing my back brace, which was a super special time, I really wanted to do something to bring awareness to scoliosis and kind of show the strength that I gained through this entire journey, mentally, emotionally, physically. I was trying to think of things to do. I definitely wanted to raise money, donate it to an organization that I would eventually research and build a connection with to raise money for scoliosis treatment, medical technology development, um, all those processes. And I decided to combine my passion for photography that I've had for so long with this kind of advocacy strategy. So what I did was I reached out to my orthotist, my pediatrician. I marketed through Facebook, Instagram, basically every social media platform, asking for almost models and patients, patients that would serve as models, whether they've had surgery, whether they've worn a back brace, or whether they haven't done anything at all for their treatment. But anyone that has scoliosis that wants to share their story. I focused on just using girls and women in my book because I wanted to really mirror my story and represent the statistic that one in four girls and women have it. Also, another inspiration behind this is that my grandmother, who has really severe scoliosis and had surgery for it, she basically passed it on to me. But (laughs) now I kind of see it as this connection that we have and the strength that we both share. So her x-ray is actually featured in the book and her story. But basically, so I contacted all these girls and women and I, my parents were so helpful with the entire process. And we basically set up this huge photo studio in my living room. And these girls and women would come. And I had this stool with this white backdrop. And they would all come with their brace. And they would do these shirtless photo shoots to just show their back and like the beauty of the spine. And then mm-hmm. I would interview them and get their whole story. And I really built these connections with these girls. And I put it together in a book. I worked with an editor and a publisher and a printer while at the same time as this artistic documentary piece and it was advocacy work. I also learned so much about myself as a businesswoman and an entrepreneur and trying to figure out how to bring an idea to life, basically selling something to raise money for an amazing organization. So that has been sold for about two years now and I've raised over $20,000 that is going towards treatment and medical research. So I'm really proud of this entire process and I'm excited to move forward. Sydney, you're talking about all (laughs) these amazing things and you are what, 19 years old? 19, yeah. You are amazing. You are amazing. Congratulations. That is just so, you're just an exceptional young lady in so many ways. And I'm really, really impressed and really inspired by hearing you and your desire to to be entrepreneurial. And I also love what you're saying to me today about learning about yourself, that as you go through these various you know projects and procedures that you just keep learning and you just keep growing, you've taken the opportunity to really learn more about scoliosis, about the disease, but also about yourself and to become better for it. And and I love that message. Thank you. It's so special that you have that special connection with your grandmother, that you've taken something that's a challenge and turned it into really an opportunity, an opportunity to inspire others, to advocate for others, to fundraise for a cause. It's all really, really 
Awesome. Really awesome. And I also built such a strong relationship with all of the girls and women in the book. I mean, they range from the youngest was age six. She wore a back brace up to my grandmother. And I actually had this book party for the release of Spines. And all of them came and they were so excited because they were in this book. And I signed all their books and took photos with them. So that was a really meaningful experience. That's happy to share. That's so fun. What a fun way to to celebrate. Um, really, it's a celebration. And that's what we're talking about on the podcast. It's just, it's healing, it's recovery and celebrating that, right? And just just enjoying that, the results of the hard work. So important to have a celebration, you know, and, and mark it as, as such because it, it is a journey, right? It's, it's just mm-hmm. an ongoing journey. And in, in thinking about that, Sydney, what do you face today in terms of continuing treatment for scoliosis? Is your scoliosis cured? Is it done? Or is it something that you have to continue to think about, work on and monitor? Yeah, so my scoliosis is definitely not cured in the sense that it's perfectly straight and that I'm super symmetrical. And I definitely am still aware of my three curvatures. So I have one towards the top of my neck, which I do feel the most pain in today. Then I have one towards the middle and then a lower lumbar curve. And I've never gone to physical therapy, but like I've said, I've been really aware about my posture and sitting into my curve. I'm really into fitness and being super active on a daily basis, which I think is really important because obviously your spine is is super important for keeping your whole body in sync. So I think if you're strong everywhere else and you really work on engaging your core and sitting straight and not hunching your shoulders, that's mm-hmm. really helpful. So something that's interesting with scoliosis is that the reason why you get a back brace when you're young is because the curvatures can get worse as you grow. So mm-hmm. I'm done growing now. And my curvatures cannot necessarily get worse and that gets severely worse, but they definitely could increase a little bit. So I am thinking about getting another x-ray just to check up on it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't wear a back brace again, but it's just nice to know that there are other treatments mm-hmm. and other ways and strategies I can work on strengthening my spine. Right. What kinds of fitness um, activities do you engage in, Sydney, for your fitness? So I really like yoga. And I actually just got my Core Power Yoga Sculpt certification to Congratulations. teach. Congratulations. Thank you. With COVID-19, it's hard to actually teach in person. But I've been teaching for my family and friends. And that's just been a really exciting opportunity to really channel my body and think about breathing and balance. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And of course, yoga is so good for your back. Um, mm-hmm. And all that strengthening is just so, so good Definitely. for you. You know, as as we age, our spines naturally undergo some degeneration. So some people you know, develop adult uh, scoliosis or adult deformity. And one way that you can help prevent that is through good movement, lifelong commitment to strengthening, core strengthening, and yoga is one way of doing that. So you are on the right track, Sydney, Thank you. for a lifetime of, of fitness and wellness. It's awesome. What do you see? What do you see in your future for advocacy? Where do you see yourself going and being involved in the scoliosis community and with the community of folks that, that you've cultivated relationships with in your book? Where do you see that going? Into the so I definitely think I obviously still have tons of copies and I'm willing to sell as many copies of this book as possible to raise as much money. And I've built a really strong connection with the National Scoliosis Foundation, which is the organization that I'm donating the money to. So I will definitely be committed to working with them in the future. People have always asked me if 
I want to do another book or use my photography as kind of a tool for advocacy. And I've definitely thought about it. And I've definitely thought about branching out past scoliosis and working with other people with different diseases or physical disabilities. So that could be a possible idea. I'm currently a college student, so it's hard to balance that. But there's so many resources in college that I'm really hoping to grasp through the next few years mm-hmm. to build these connections and possibly build a club on campus or have more connections with organizations. So I don't have a clear goal yet, but I'm definitely thinking. Well, you've made a connection with the National Spine Health Foundation. And we appreciate yes, that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we love telling your story and sharing your story. So I would just say for anyone, no matter what age, especially if you're young, you're a parent looking at your children, if they ever have back pain or anything, even if they don't, I think it's really important to talk to your pediatrician and your doctor and make sure there's no rotation in your back because it is more common than a lot of people think. My brother and my dad actually have scoliosis, but it's very minimal. It's not very severe. They have very small curvatures, but it's nice to know that you have it because it's important to check up on it and make sure that one day it doesn't go from 10 degrees to 30 degrees. So my one advice is just be super aware of your body, stay active, and really think about your posture on a daily basis. That's awesome advice. I'm honored to have been titled a youth ambassador with the National Spine Health Foundation. I think you guys are doing amazing work and just going to your gala and seeing the videos of the patients and about the run you guys did and just meeting everyone and all the doctors is really inspiring. And I think you guys are doing amazing work, especially because it's not about scoliosis. There's a lot of other things you guys are working with. So it's great to have this connection with you guys and have your support. And I want to continue working with you, obviously, and learn more about other ways I can help with advocacy. Sydney, it's been so much fun talking with you. And we really appreciate you joining us today and sharing your Spinal Champion story. Between your philanthropic work and your personal pursuits, we cannot wait to see what you do next. We know that there are big things in your future. And we're excited to follow along with you and continue to support you and encourage you, have you be part of our community of spinal champions. Thank you so much. At the National Spine Health Foundation, something we believe in most is providing hope for recovery through sharing stories of success. It isn't always easy to find someone to relate to, even though 100 million people suffer from neck or low back pain every year. To hear more stories of success and access educational materials about spine health, visit us at spinehealth.org. If you're interested in supporting our show financially, you can contribute at the link provided. Thank you for listening. The information and views expressed in the Get Back to It podcast are intended for informational purposes and should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice or to replace the services of trained healthcare providers. To view the National Spine Health Foundation's full disclaimer, visit spinehealth.org.